Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Kriska. I'm here with my co-host, Evan Hoovler and Mike Villalverde. Boys, how are we doing today? Riding out the wide receiver apocalypse part two. Yes, the uh, the, the fun has not stopped. Um, it's uh, Today, we have a bunch more guys rolled out. What we're going to do today is we'll get into those team by team, though. Uh, we'll talk about the wide receiver apocalypse. Mike, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, I, I'm always better after a very good Thursday night football game, which, I mean, it was it was entertaining. Not not a whole lot of speciality. I mean, Joe Burrow played well, but um, at least it was a close score and, you know, pretty much got us through the four quarters. <laughs> got us through the four quarters. That was that was a good way to put it. Um so last night was a great night if you if you had uh, some Browns and uh, let's get into that first before we we uh, get the housekeeping out of the way. So Thursday night football last night was Browns Bengals. Uh, Browns took this one down 35 to 30. Really wasn't that close. Uh, the Bengals scored uh, kind of in garbage time to bring it to be that close. Um, what would you guys say the big story is out of this game? Was it Joe Burrow's coming out party or is it the two running backs in, in Cleveland doing what we thought that they would do? I I honestly think it's uh, probably the story between Chubb and Hunt. I, 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 I like Joe Burrow, but I mean, he's just going to get beat up consistently and constantly behind that offensive line. So that has me a little bit worried. And then the fact that he threw 61 times, uh, at least he completed 31 of those, three touchdowns. No interceptions in 61 attempts is pretty remarkable. But again, it's the Cleveland Browns defense. So you could probably tip your hat to that a little bit. But I really, really like Joe Burrow. I think he's going to have uh, he's going to be a fantastic football player in uh, this football league. Yeah, I think that it was kind of the uh, the welcome to the league uh announcement for Joe Burrow in this game uh, on Thursday night football short week comes out throws three touchdowns um not the most efficient game like you said uh he's gonna get beat up behind that line took him 61 pass attempts um one of the more awkward fumbles that you'll ever see where he's trying to call timeout the center snaps the ball oh, that gets <laughs> that gets charged to Burrow though it's not doesn't really feel like it's his fault no I I wouldn't put it on him that was just really bad timing uh, you know, he he's turning his body to call timeout to the referee. And then as that simultaneously, the, the snap is going to him. He didn't see the ball. It goes by him. You know, they lose whatever it was like 20 yards, 25 yards on the play. But yeah, it's not really him. It's just a fluke thing. Yeah, he's lucky. Well, his fantasy owners are lucky that uh, that doesn't count as rushing for him. <laughs> yeah, because that would be a big problem. Be a big big negative considering he put up 19 yards so yeah that would that would on the ground so that would be yeah not a good good sign okay um so evan do you want to talk about these browns running backs here where we have uh let me pull up the stats real quick nick chubb went for 22 carries 124 yards two touchdowns chipped in nine on the ground uh kareem hunt had 10 carries 86 yards Two catches, 15 yards, and chipped in two touchdowns. So, Evan, I know you love to talk about this backfield, so why don't you get into that a little bit? It was awesome. Everybody's happy in the fantasy world, except people who are playing them, but you knew what you are getting in for. You know, people were really worried about Hunt not getting the carries early on, and it's like, they know what they're doing. They have Kareem Hunt. You know, he was the 
top 12 running back in fantasy two years ago and top five three years ago, Cleveland's going to work him into the game. He's yeah. Got yeah, and it was Kareem Hunt kind of got most of the fourth quarter, it felt like, um, insofar that he, um, once they were up big, they they kicked it to to uh, to Hunt. Even though he did get worked in earlier, he had that catch. I believe the touchdown was in the first half, right? The receiving touchdown? Yes. I think we'll see that a lot where they'll have Nick Chubb batter the line, and then when they're good and bruised, they'll put fresh legs in with Hunt. So don't don't panic if you don't see Hunt in for three quarters. It's okay. Most of rushing is done in the fourth quarter when everyone's beat up. Yeah, so um, so yeah, so let's talk about the... Oh, was, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I was just going to touch on that point with Evan. Um, so Kareem Hunt rushed 10 times. Four of those, uh, four of those ten came at that last drive where they uh, scored the their their last touchdown of the game with Cream Hunt one yard rush. So four of those ten came in within about two minutes of each other. Yeah, that's that's very true, very true. So Mike, you want to talk about the uh, Bengals wide receivers? We got um, Tyler Boyd coming out uh, seven seventy two and a touchdown, and then. AJ Green had all the opportunity, 13 targets, but he only hauled in three catches for 29 yards. Can you trust either of these guys, or do you think it's going to be one of these back and forths where you're going to kind of pull your hair out which one you should start each week? Well, I think the Bengals are going to be in a passing situation a lot just because their their defense is, is pretty poor and the fact that the Bengals themselves are not a very good team. So I think two wide receivers, it seems like, Joe Burrow can handle two wide receivers, and the two leading wide receivers are, of course, Boyd and Green. Uh, I was kind of surprised. I mean, there I don't know how many times, maybe like never, will you ever see 13 targets to A.J. Green and he bring in three of them. Uh, I think that is a very much of an anomaly, but I could see eight or nine, ten targets being split between them on a weekly basis, Boyd getting eight. Green getting eight as long as, of course, you know, they remain healthy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just don't know which one of these guys I could trust. I wasn't I drafting. I trust both of them. I really do. I, okay. I think that you could play both of these guys with confidence. Uh, it, it's almost it's almost like the TJ, uh, you know, you have uh, DK Metcalf and Lockett scenario with these guys. I, you know, I, I, I think that that kind of is what you're looking at. They might not produce those kind of numbers on a consistent basis, but they're both good enough where you can trust if you have them to put them both in the lineup. Okay. All right, then. So um, Baker Mayfield, he looked a lot better in this game than he did in his first game. He was getting the play action game going there in the first quarter. Looked sharp at times, looked like classic Baker at times. Um, on a short week, I think this has more to do with the Bengals than anything else. Um, sorry to Baker Mayfield, but um, he looked real bad in week one. Um, I watched the uh, the Browns game earlier in the day, their week one game, and uh, it was night and day watching that. And that tells me, did Baker get really good in four days, or is that um, just a byproduct of playing against the Bengals on Thursday night football? I, I think it's a complete byproduct of playing Cincinnati. Uh, Mayfield... You know, even though he completed uh, 16 of 23 passes, only 219 yards. Um, a big play went to a wide open Odell Beckham. Uh, I, I was glad that he made that connection. Uh, but two touchdowns, one interception. Baker Mayfield is not a good quarterback, uh, unfortunately. And you know, I, I really think that he's 
he's always going to hover around, you know, the 16 to 20, QB 16 to 20 range, if not worse. Yeah, I mean that. That sounds about right. I had to start him in a two-quarterback league, and I didn't feel good about it. But it's a two-quarterback league. What else are you going to do? Kind of stuck with him there. Um, so, Austin Hooper, are we worried? Are we ditching him? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Bottom out of But I think we also saw that happening, too, because we talked about that. I mean, how many mouths are you going to feed here when you're when you're consistently making a running game with Chubb and Hunt? So as as you're consistently using them together, you then you have to feed a Beckham, you have to feed Landry. Where's where's Hooper going to fit into the any of this? And I think two for 22, maybe he'll get maybe four touchdowns on the year, but you're going to look at two for 22 for the rest of the season. Okay, fair enough. Sounds about right. Sounds, yeah. Austin Hooper, if you were listening to us, he wasn't on your roster anyway. So um, Odell Beckham, four for 74 and one, looking more like Odell Beckham than he did in week one. So hopefully he and uh, Baker get on the same page. Jarvis Landry, I think he's still banged up three for 46 um, in this one. And uh, anything else you guys want? Oh, Joe Mixon. Uh, Yeah, Drew Sample. You guys want to talk about Drew Sample? Seven catches, 45 yards. You know, I, I think with Sample, they were talking about that last night on the game that uh, Burrow loves to use the tight end. And I think the way this RPO system, you, you got two two options. Usually you'll have the, the running back being the focus, which we see in the Carolina RPO system, or you have the tight end focus. And I think that's what you're going to see in the Bengals is a tight end focus plus uh um, Burrow really loves to use his tight end, go to his tight end. He trusts the tight end. He trusts the slot position. Not saying that Sample is going to get seven for 45 uh, every week, but I think the more and more they throw the ball, the more chances Sample has of creeping up on your waiver wire. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Sounds good. Anything else anybody wanted to add about Thursday night football before we get into the housekeeping and then week two? I was glad that, uh, I was glad for Tyler Boyd, even though I told people not to start him. Uh, I'll gladly own that because we also told people they 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 drafted him and they came in and in our Discord and they asked if we should start him. And I pointed out that sorry for rookie quarterbacks to sustain a, a wide receiver too. And they were all so sad, like they just drafted, wasted a draft pick. So I'm glad that they don't feel that way anymore, even though I have to eat a little crow. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh that's good for um, for them. So, all right. So Evan mentioned the Discord. Let's get this housekeeping out of the way. Tiny.cc slash FB Absurdity is the Discord. You can get in on the discussion there, as Evan mentioned. Um, this is the first half of kind of a two-part episode. Part two will be on Tuesday, because if this is your first episode, what we do is we actually ask questions about the games going into the weekend, what we're looking for. That's the way that we do the preview. And then on Tuesday, we answer the questions. Questions are answered on our patrons-only episodes. Uh, you can get those at uh, patreon.com slash footballabsurdity, and it's three bucks a month. And uh, I want to welcome our newest Discord, I'm sorry, our newest patron, um, who will have access to the uh, patrons-exclusive Discord and the uh tuesday episodes and that is jeff t jeff welcome to the team thank you thank you for being an absurdist um 
Our promos and our sponsorships are still valid. FanDuel.com slash FootballAbsurdity gets you a 20% match on sign-up um, up to $500. And 4 for 4 promo code BEERSHEETS gets you 25% off of your 4 for 4 subscription annually. Both of those help us both out. So, gentlemen, week two. So we're going to do this a little different. I was listening back to last week's episode. We had a big news chunk. It kind of ground the whole episode to a halt so what i'll be doing is i'll be kicking news in um as we go uh uh game by game the uh, relevant news bits i'll be kicking those in uh so that we don't have to uh slam this thing to a halt before we before it even gets a chance to get off the ground so you boys ready to start this with the week two preview um starting with uh the giants at chicago this is a 41 point over under uh the bears are five and a half point favorites and the big news in this game this week was the whole Allen robinson situation he wanted out he wanted in he wanted to get traded he took everything off of his social media and ultimately nothing came of it he'll be a bear this weekend and i think he'll be a bear till the end of the season So um, in this one, Mike, you wanted to know uh, about Anthony Miller, if he'll continue to have a, a relevant fantasy role in this offense. Yeah, so last week we saw Miller, um, who's sort of been one of those uh, guys that we've talked about. You know, is he going to make a splash? Is he going to be that wide receiver that we could see building over the last couple seasons and sort of uh, explode when, you know, in his third season? He didn't necessarily explode. I mean, he did catch a touchdown. He got, you know, 76 yards on four receptions. So, I mean, that is a, a, an okay, pretty good day. Uh, but it's still Allen Robinson's uh, neighborhood. It's, uh, you know, he he himself got five receptions for 74 yards. I, I, just, I just can't trust uh, Mitchell Trubisky to carry two wide receivers right at this moment. I, I think it's... Anthony Miller is more of a product of game script or necessity if the team is down. And I just don't see the Giants, you know, taking a wallop on the Chicago Bears. Uh, So I I like Allen Robinson. I just think we'll see sort of a decrease with Anthony Miller, maybe two or three catches for, you know, 50 yards. But a touchdown, I just don't think is in the cards for him this week. Plus, Trubisky had a huge game last week. Well, he had a huge fourth quarter, and that a lot of that is what led to Anthony Miller's production. So we can't really – that's not something I'm banking on week to week. I'm going to take the previous, what, three years of – or two years of uh, Trubisky's career? Yeah, three years now. And, um, yeah, rather than this one game. I will take the three years of Trubisky over this one game and say that I'm not going to trust Anthony Miller. Uh, going forward um, – so that it stinks because he's been banged up a lot and uh, we've been waiting for a breakout, but I just don't, I don't see it coming. So Evan, you wanted to know about the giants offensive line and Saquon Barkley and his 15, 15 freaking yards, as you put it. Uh, it wasn't 15 yards. It was 15 carries for six rushing yards. Oops. It's so and, easy. I, I, I'm glad that I'm not the only one misreading that stat. Cause I actually refreshed my browser earlier. Cause I'm like, Oh, Yahoo's glitching out. That can't be. It can't be right at all. 15 carries for six yards. I watched that game. It's what's going on here. Saquon Barkley owners have to be discouraged. The Bears aren't as good, aren't that good against the run. So hopefully that will 
turn it around. Pittsburgh's defense is really good. So let's let's. I'm watching to see if if Saquon Barkley can get back on track against a more middle of the pack defense. Hope so for the owners. Fingers crossed, yeah, because that wasn't a good look. And I was thinking, you know how sometimes you do your best thinking in the shower. I was thinking about how all off season long I was saying I will take Kamara over Barkley because of the offense. And then when the rubber hit the road a couple weeks ago, I I uh, I lost my conviction. And uh, I'm starting to think maybe I shouldn't have lost my conviction because we saw Barkley have a bad game last week and we saw Kamara have a bad game last week. But the difference was, was that Kamara's offense was able to manufacture two touchdowns for him where the Giants offense couldn't. So maybe the lesson for me is to have more conviction uh, next year in my uh, takes because <laughs> when maybe rubber the hit the road, maybe the lesson for me is to start taking showers. Yeah, there you go. There's your problem. You got to start taking showers. That's why you don't think, Evan. It's the only place you're allowed to think is in the shower. All right, next game up. Two winless teams. Just absolute dregs. Imagine not having a win yet this season. Ridiculous. Atlanta 0-1. Dallas 0-1. 52.5 point over under. One of the higher ones of the week. Dallas, four point favorites. And Evan, you want to know, and I thought this question was crazy, and then I thought about it. It's not. Could we have six 100-yard wide receivers in this game? Because last week, all the Falcons guys did it, and it's not crazy to think that all the Cowboys guys do it, too. Yep. I'm doing a little research here, and I can't find more than four wide receivers who've caught 100 yards in a game. I'm still going back, though. Uh, but we've got, you know, the trio on Dallas of Stevie Lamb and Gallup and Amari Cooper. And we've got the three receivers on Atlanta who got 100 yards last week. And I'm wondering if this if this is a record, if we can get a shot at that record, have five of them go. Maybe all six. That would be crazy. It's going to be crazy stat lines all year with Atlanta, I have a feeling. Yeah, not a lot of defense and a, lot of, and a, and a team that wants to air it out like crazy. So I think that does end up with... Uh, uh, a lot of crazy stat lines as the year goes on. So, Mike, you wanted to know if, which Cowboys wide receiver will emerge. Will it be all of them? It might. Uh, I, how's Cooper doing? I know that he's been talked about as being injured. Um, so that definitely might have some some impact with with uh, who who performs where. But I. Last week, Cooper had 14 targets. I don't see that happening uh, this week at all. Uh, Lamb with with six and Michael Gallup with five. I, You know what? If any of these three wide receivers that I'd have to put my money on this week, I'm going to go with Michael Gallup. I, I, I really like his, his chance. Uh, I think C.D. Lamb is going to be an excellent wide receiver, but I, I just have a sneaky suspicion that Michael Gallup is going to be the one that leads this team in receiving this week. Okay. Interesting. I could, um, I could get down with that. I would prefer CD lamb, but uh, I have some Michael Gallup shares. I would prefer that, but um, it's kind of wild that they gave um, Amari Cooper a hundred million dollars and it's two guys on, uh, on uh, rookie contracts that might uh, be the best ones out there on that team. Cause uh, Amari's a little too inconsistent. Yeah, he's, He's one of those that like are going to have great games, and then he'll make up those points. He'll end up being a top 12 wide receiver because he'll have three or four games where he just 
absolutely explodes and then you won't hear for him for like five or six weeks. Yep, that sucks. All right, next game up, Detroit at Green Bay, 49 point over under Green Bay, Green Bay six point favorites. Easy for you to say. Um, big injury news in this one is Kenny Galladay is out, which means more Marvin Jones, more Quintez Cephas, who had um, 10 targets last week in his NFL debut, which was kind of crazy. Uh, shades of Kiki QT. Hopefully he his career goes better than Kiki QT's did. Um, but in this one, uh, Mike, you're looking for DeAndre Swift against this run D. Yeah, I, I really like DeAndre Swift. He got a, a really bad break, I guess, uh, dropping the ball in the end zone. Uh, so... You know, he's very talented. He's someone that is, I think, going to get more and more attraction going forward. Adrian Peterson, you know, he, he did he did pretty good for, for someone that to fill the role. But, you know, as we know, he's like 87 years old. So he's not going to be someone that's going to be long-lasting. I want to see De- DeAndre Swift uh, be more involved in the passing game as well. So... I think with this defense, uh, it's probably going to be a pretty good high-scoring game. And I, I really like DeAndre Swift going going forward in this game and, and throughout. Yeah, I mean, uh, DeAndre Swift needs to get lots of targets to get the taste of that touchdown out of his mouth, I think. Yes, and I think that's exactly the, what's going to happen. I think he's going to come out fired up because there's nothing worse, especially if you're a professional athlete or any kind of athlete to let your team down like that, yeah, I'm sure he's going to be wanting just he's just chomping at the bit to to get back out there and he's like, okay, you guys can rely on me, I can get this done, um, and they're going to give him that opportunity to showcase that. Yeah, I think that they need to get the kid going um, big time, and uh, they'll they'll uh, sideline carry on Johnson to do so. So Evan, you want to know about Devonte Adams? If he'll have an even better week, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not going to repeat his performance from last week. Call me crazy. You're crazy. Detroit is has lost their two starting cornerbacks. They're starting a rookie, and it might be. I think it's going to be a better week. Wow. I think Devonte Adams is going to have a better week. Evan, you're crazy. Okay. Has, has Devonte Adams ever? Caught 14 passes in a game before? I'm looking up Devontae Adams' football reference right now. Because, Evan, you crazy. <laughs> How many fantasy points did he have last week? Like 39? Yeah. A, a million. He had a million fantasy points. Yeah, he, he had 50 points in the league I ran. I run. Um, I don't know what he had in, in my home league. But, yeah, he, <laughs> he was just insane last uh, week one. 35 in HPPR. And it's yeah. amazing, too. When he first came in the league, everybody was just down on him. Some kid from Fresno State can't play. He's like second, you know, the third wide receiver on the team. And then, you know, pretty much his rookie season, he just changed that whole script all around. Yeah. So uh, last week's game is likely, depending on your scoring format. So you had 14 catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns. He's gotten more yardage than that, but on 10 catches. So uh, he had 10 catches and 166 yards in 2018. And then last year, he had that big week four game against Philly. It was Thursday night football where he had like a million yards at the half. And he ended with 180 yards and 10 receptions. So that's 18. That's 23 and half PPR. Um, so um, 
yeah, this would be his biggest fantasy game. He um, could have had ever. a better game even. Green Bay started running it in the second half. Well, he also there was a couple. There was at least one catch that he could have if he had come down with it. He would have had three touchdowns, but he just barely he just barely didn't um didn't score the touchdown. So he actually could have scored three touchdowns. So Evans calling for a bigger game than 14 catches for 156 yards and two touchdowns. And Lord, I hope so. That that would be amazing. I I mean I could maybe see him getting more yards, but. I think 14 receptions is probably the max uh, that he's going to see probably almost for his career. Yeah. So, um, so, okay. Uh, Next, uh, next question on this one is uh, for the Jacksonville and Tennessee game. Um, So Jacksonville, Tennessee, both undefeated. This is a 43 point over under Tennessee, 10 point favorites. And so Evan, you want to know about uh, if Corey Davis is the guy that Ryan Tannehill is looking for. And to that I say, who else would it be? Right? Yeah, Johnny Smith, maybe. Maybe. That well, that defensive guy that catches passes every once in a while, does end around. Oh, my God. Adoree Jackson? Yeah. That, that would be amazing. Adoree Jackson Adore, coming out party. Adoree Jackson gets like seven targets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the game script. The script is there. But Corey Davis is going to have a lot of targets. Uh, however, oftentimes, and this is why we don't handcuff wide receivers, it doesn't work out that way for whatever reason. So I'm eager to see if it does. It would be nice to have a little consistency in, in pro, pro predicting the future. <laughs> so pre, some consistent pre, pre, predictive uh, information. Um, update, my friend who I'm playing against this week, has picked up, who has George Kittle and I picked up every viable tight end, is starting Jordan Akins. So good luck to him. Oof. All right. Jordan Akins. I just have to wait till tomorrow for the uh, waivers to clear. You hear that, Joe? I'm playing the game. I'm playing the game. <laughs> All right. So, Mike, you want to know if James Robinson is a stud to own or fool's gold? Because James Robinson, he looked good last week. I thought he ran well. I don't know. I I think that Indy's going to have a good defense. Um, so him running well against them kind of made me sit up and take notice. Yeah, the the Colts uh, eventually. I mean, they. I think they had they allowed almost seventy something yards by the end of the third quarter, and I was just like, well, that you know, no, the start of the third quarter, they they had like seventy two, seventy three yards allowed uh, at, at halftime, and then they slowed things down. They became a better unit. And eventually only allowed like 90 yards, which was which is quite impressive. Uh, so yeah, I think James Robinson against Tennessee is going to be a, another test for him. Last week, 16 carries, 62 yards, which is pretty solid. Caught a pass, I believe. But you, you you need more. You need more consistency. You need more of a sample size. So if James Robinson could do what he did against the Colts, bounce back, come back against Tennessee. Do similar numbers. Uh, waiver wire, I mean, I know he was like the top waiver wire get, uh, but he'll just solidify not only those people who pick him up, but the remaining people and the remaining leagues who haven't got him yet. He he will definitely be, you know, 80, 85%, if not 90% owned if he can have a good game against Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 
Oh, there's a lot of people who are hesitant to pick him up because they've never heard of him before, but he looked really good in week one. So um, I have no um, no problems with uh, with James Robinson in 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 this one. So did you, right. did you announce A.J. Brown? About AJ yeah, Brown? that was part of yeah, part of Evan's question, because A.J. Brown okay. is out. But I, I will be clear. Thank you, Mike. Yes. If you did not catch that from Evan's question, A.J. Brown was announced as out. Uh, he popped up with the bone bruise um, in the middle of the week, he might miss several games. So that's um, definitely something to monitor. If you're an AJ Brown owner like me who picked up Corey Davis on a lark last week and said, LOL, what if this works? And uh, it might've saved my butt this week. So uh, proactive roster management, I guess, uh, AKA getting lucky on a lark. All right, next one up. This is what I think will be a get-right game for Mike's team. Minneapolis travels to Indianapolis, uh, Battle of the Appalaches. Uh They're both 0-1. It's a 45.5 point over-under. Indy are three-point favorites. And, Mike, you want to know if Jonathan Taylor can be a rookie stud in Rejaf League. So why don't you go ahead and talk about um, Jonathan Taylor. But before that, uh, news in this one, Jack Doyle has been ruled out out he will not be playing this weekend so uh desperation play i guess mo alley cox uh probably not recommended right mike yeah i I wouldn't i mean i wouldn't take mo alley cox at all uh i think there's probably a lot more tight ends out there that uh will benefit you but the colts do go to the tight end you know and he looks pretty cool in his his black high tops uh so you know, I don't know if you're really a desperate situation, I, I could see, but yeah, I'm not expecting a whole lot. Okay. All right. So, um, let's, why don't you go ahead and talk about Jonathan Taylor as a rookie stud now? So Jonathan Taylor last week, I mean, he didn't even get into the game until I think about six minutes left. Um, no, I take that back. He did get in earlier. He, he had a little brief moments, but they didn't even use him. His first his first usage was about six minutes into the game. Um, they had dual threat. They had dual running backs out in the backfield, and they dumped the ball off to to Jonathan Taylor, and he took it off for like 35 yards. Uh, made a great great play, but nine nine attempts, 22 yards with a 2.4 yards per carry average is not going to get it done regardless of who you play. Uh, Naheem Hines was remarkable. Naheem Hines uh, only had seven attempts, but he made 28 yards out of it and a touchdown. Overall, just 22 attempts from the whole offensive team. Uh, Mac had four carries. So I think we're going to see a lot of this kind of scenario with the Colts, where you're going to see a lot of passing attempts. Phillip Rivers had 46 last week. I could see that kind of remaining constant with the Colts. Uh, you know, they were behind. So, of course, you know, they're going to throw more. But I, I don't see a lot of attempts coming out of Jonathan Taylor, at least not yet. I can definitely see sort of a split between Hines and Taylor. Maybe week five, maybe week six, Taylor becomes more of a bell cow. But don't expect a lot of uh, hype or a lot of great things coming from Taylor unless he scores a touchdown. And even then, uh, last week in the goal line, they had Hines running the ball. So I don't even know if, if Taylor's even going to get goal line carries at this point. Temper expectations, but, you know, I think he, he'll pan out, at least cross fingers and hope he does. Okay. So I guess what you're saying is in a couple of weeks after the 
the shine has gone off of Jonathan Taylor being the new hotness. It's a buy low opportunity because he said by week five or six, he should be a uh, um, bell cow or at least leaning towards that, right? Yeah, I did not see Naheem. Naheem Hines is not built well enough to be a dominant running back. So I, I think that by week five, week six, you'll start to see Taylor getting a lot more opportunities. And to address your question, yes, um, by then the the that rust will probably or that shine will will wear away because people will be like, "What's Jonathan Taylor doing? I told you he wasn't going to be anything." You know, it was all Marlon Mack from the beginning, and he's going to get all that negativity. We'll put him at a low price, and then I would pounce. I'm going to save that timestamp for when you say that in week three or four. Like I told you, he wouldn't do anything. And be like Mike. <laughs> I'm going to be like, past Mike, please listen to present Mike. <laughs> uh, all right, so Evan, you want to know about another running back in this game. You want to know if Alexander Madison will have, I guess, standalone appeal. Uh, last week he went for 10 touches for 80 yards. So, um, so why don't you talk a little bit about Alexander Madison and what you're looking for this weekend. Yeah, somebody on the internet had beef with me saying that he's uh, not just a handcuff, but he has, has flex – Flex appeal, and they cited that last year they owned him, and he did not get in too many plays. And uh, last, that was last year. You know, it's this year. He's not a rookie anymore. He knows how the offensive works, and they've got guaranteed money for Cook that they they don't want to be wasted. So they're not going to have Cook be the bell cow he was anymore. I think I think if you need a high floor. Flex play, you can you can use Madison, particularly in deeper deeper leagues. I don't think he's a handcuff anymore. I think he's getting into that hunt club. All right, all right. So he's getting into uh, a guy that you can uh, use um, with standalone value. I'm not so sure. He did only have 19 um, snaps last week, so he was touching the ball on more than 50% of his snaps, which I don't know. That 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 kind of has a hard time growing, but it'd be interesting to see. I'd love to see Madison get some um, upside appeal um, there in Minnesota on a week to week basis. Guess what percentage of Yahoo leagues he's owned in? Like 90%? 40, 45. 45? Get this guy, people. There's a better than average chance he's sitting on the Ross waiver in your league. Even if I'm wrong and he's just a handcuff, he is the handcuff. He's got top 10 upside. That's very true. Sorry about that. I was yawning. Your take was so was so lukewarm that it was just making me yawn. And look at that. Alexander Manison is on the waiver wire in one of my leagues, but I don't have anybody I want to drop for him. Womp womp. Maybe Leonard Vernet. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'll see what happens this weekend. So next game up is an AFC powerhouse against another AFC East powerhouse. Buffalo, 1-0. Miami, a hard-fought 0-1. 41 point over under Buffalo five and a half point fav- favorites. And Evan, you want to know if your Allen's digs Mostack can carry you over through Crowder and Galladay's injuries. Are you just airing grievances about your roster? <laughs> no, the roster is really good. In fact, uh, I built it for, 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 for length, not for uh, for endurance, you know, for a marathon, not to Ooh, win right away. Okay. Phrasing have, buddy. Phrasing. phrasing. Like I have, uh, Swift, Dobbins, Madison, 
hunt and moss on my bench. You know, I'm doing I'm doing fine. And I thought, you know, if I can just win two of my first six games, I'm poised to make a run. So imagine my surprise when Allen and Moss came through. Well, Moss got 10 points, but Allen, Diggs, and Moss came through and they all performed. I had to start them and I have to start them again due to injuries this week. And I'm, I'm wondering, can you do it again? Can Miami just be miami E? Uh, can they be Dolphinian? Yeah. Downright Dolphinian? Exactly. Right. So you're looking for that. Um, in this one, um, I am looking for Mike to let me know if there's a running back in Miami worth owning. Yeah, right now, I, I think uh, if there's any of them, it's it's Miles Gascan. Miles Gascan. Yeah, I um, Jordan Howard was absolutely awful uh um i watched the game and it was just like okay i'm just gonna run into a wall and you know make get a yard i mean he had eight attempts he made seven yards for 0.9 yards per carry average and it was really that that bad i mean he did get a touchdown but still it was just i I don't think he has anything left i mean he was slow uh, he, you know, he brought, it was brought down. I mean, unless it's a goal line or short yardage situation, I just don't think you can trust him. Uh, I did like Miles Gascan a lot better. Um, he, nine attempts, 40 yards, Matt Breida, five attempts, 22 yards. But again, I think this is going to be such a divisive or backfield where, you know, Gaskin and Breida and Howard are going to get the ball. I, I don't know. At this point, if any of them are trustworthy, but if one of them does emerge, I'm, I'm going to go with Miles Gascan. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I have my buddy who uh, has all three of them. Well, he did. I, I told him he needs to drop Matt Breida because um, of the th- he needed to make space of the three. Matt Breida was the easy drop for me um, in this game. Uh, Devontae Parker is banged up, but it looks like he is going to be playing. And that's pretty much the only bit of injury news in this one. Preston Williams co- still recovering from that injury in the offseason, the ACL tear. And uh, it's another bad matchup for Mike Kosicki. So my Mike Kosicki love is off to a bad start. I am benching Mike Kosicki wherever I have him, which is a surprising number of leagues. Um, but, uh, for example, I was able to snag Gallus Goddard in one league. I was able to snag um, – who am I starting in this other league over him? Um, this is great radio, right, guys? <laughs> uh chris herndon this week as a one-week start against the niners with nobody else around it's a ppr league he's chris herndon's gonna get like seven catches for 60 yards <laughs> save my butt with all those catches in a ppr league so um so all right so why don't we go ahead we'll move on to that game where chris herndon will be playing the 49ers 0-1 travel to new york to take on the jets also 0-1 42 point over under san francisco seven point favorites Strap in, boys. All the new injury news is in this game. <laughs> Jamison Crowder is out. Lev Bell is to IR. Frank Gore was announced as the starter, which, uh, guys, Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson are probably starting games in week two of 2020. So, um, hail Satan, everybody. That is crazy. Um, so for the wideouts, uh, that leaves them with Brashad Perriman, them being the Jets, sorry, with Brashad Perriman. Uh, Chris Hogan and Braxton Berrios, which that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. 
uh, Braxton Berrios there. As for the Niners, uh, Brandon Ayuk looks ready to debut their rookie first round wide receiver. They signed Mohamed Sanu, which is a good thing because last week they had uh, Dante Pettis, Kendrick Bourne, and Trent Taylor as their top wide receivers. And that doesn't work. That was shades of, I was reminded of when the 49ers best wide receiver was a guy you guys probably forgot was on the 49ers. Jeremy Curley, a scant probably, I think, four years ago, he was the 49ers best wide receiver. Um, but the big news for the Niners, uh, two big ones, Richard Sherman to IR. They took a look at their schedule and said, all right, go ahead, rest that that, uh, that calf for three weeks, Sherm. And then George Kittle is out. So I want to ask you guys a question. This isn't in the show doc at all, but George Kittle out. Um, are we pivoting to Jordan Reed? He is talented, or are we going elsewhere to another team, perhaps? No, there's got to be someone on, on everyone's waiver wire. There's so many tight ends with top 12 potential. It's so easy to – it requires so little. I would look elsewhere. I just you, I'm too traumatized. You just think like, that – you think that, but the guy playing against me had to pick up Jordan Akins. Okay, of, but that's because you roster turned. That's different. I, no, I, I made good roster stashes, good for the future of my team. I want to see what their upside is. I, I roster turned. I roster turned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Mike, you want to know if the 49ers have a wide receiver weapon until Debo returns? And I, I guess I kind of answered that question. Fingers crossed for Niners fans everywhere. We hope it's Brandon Ayuk, but. Yeah, other than that, I don't really don't know. I mean, Pettis got the start last week and didn't even get a target like, he got one target mike okay please show some respect to dante pettis he got really? one it's he, not coming up on the espn thing at all he got a target i saw it i saw it with my own two eyes okay i believe you i'm just it's just not recorded uh on espn so i don't know um but um it's it's uh yeah i mean you you have kendrick Bourne. you have you know trent taylor you i mean I don't, I don't see it happening. I, I, I feel bad for the 49ers because this sort of wide receiver looks sort of like what the Colts had in week 10 after everybody was hurt. It's just There's just nobody here that, you know, is, you know, a good, maybe even a, I mean, we're talking about wide receiver threes for most teams. Uh, yeah, I hope it's Ayuk because he's going to really need to come through. If he doesn't, then they're in really bad shape. Yeah, they should be wide receiver four or the fourth pass catcher for the 49ers is that's the problem is everybody ahead of them is hurt. Shoot, they're supposed to be the fifth, sixth and seventh pass catchers because you're supposed to have uh, Debo, Ayuk, um, Jalen Hurd and George Kittle all ahead of these guys. So the injury bug hit the Niners real hard. Yeah, and it shows, I mean, I mean, and they're spreading it around quite a bit, too. Raheem Mostert led the team in targets, uh, but Kittle got five. Kendrick Bourne got five. Jarek McKinnon got five. Trent Taylor got five. Yeah, and it's like a quarterback. If you have multiple wide receiver ones, you have zero wide receiver ones. Um, so Or go-to wide receivers, I guess. So, Evan, you want to know if uh, Frank Gore is a sneaky high floor play in a revenge game here. Yeah, feels weird. I mean, he's owning 87% of the leagues. So, 
I'm sorry, he's not owned in 87% of the Oh, okay, I was going to say. Sorry, he's unowned in 87%. So no one's picking him up, even though he feels like a sneaky high floor kind of play because there's nobody else there. But on the other hand, Kalen Bellage is 231 pounds. Like, he can bash it up the middle just as well. So uh, it's, it's a good question. I've seen in one of my leagues, my 14-team league, someone is putting him in as a desperation play, but that's a 14-team flex league so someone gets the short end of running backs always every year and has to do something funny like that i'm sorry evan did you invoke kaylin balage balage <laughs> he is garbage that kaylin balage to remind people who don't know 74 carries 135 yards last year for a cool cool 1.8 yards per carry they, they give him that many carries if kaylin balage just hit the line of scrimmage and fell forward. I think he, that would be 1.8 yards per carry. So um, very, very, very uh, interesting um, decision by Adam Gase to just continuously bring Kalen Balazs into the building. Right, but didn't you hear my stat? 231 pounds. Checkmate. Check and mate. Achieved. Nobody big has ever been bad. Those, I think those are the rules of football. Is it really, I mean, it really bad situation if Gore has a high floor? I mean, to me, that uh, if someone told me that, I'd be like, God, you're in a really bad situation. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to be like, well, I need guaranteed points, you know, and Frank Gore will get me 17 carries for 52 yards. You yeah. know, just and maybe he'll plunge in for a touchdown. Yeah, it's just one of those fingers crossed situations. So, all right, next one up. Rams at Eagles, 46-point over-under. Philly, one-point favorites. Um, This one I think that uh, Philly is going to run away with because I think – I'm sorry, I think that the Rams are going to run away with it because Philly didn't look good against Washington football team. Uh, They looked really bad. A lot of that had to do with the uh, football team's defensive line against the Eagles' offensive line being a huge, huge mismatch. And um, unfortunately for the for the Eagles this week, they get Aaron Donald. So I don't think things are going to get much easier for them. So I see a lot of uh, pressure in uh, Carson Wentz's face in the future with that really injured offensive line. Uh, for this one, the injury news, Miles Sanders is on track to play this week. He practiced in full on Thursday and Friday. So that's great news for Miles Sanders owners. And now the bad news. This isn't in the show doc because it just popped up. Guess who's visiting Eagles camp? Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman. So, uh, Miles Sanders might have to split touches. I'm hoping for Miles Sanders owners this has to do more with Boston Scott's health because he is a little banged up this week. So, maybe they're trying to protect Scott uh, by getting Devontae Freeman in there to back up Sanders. Fingers crossed. So, uh, Mike, while we're talking about running backs, you want to talk about the Rams running backs. Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers uh, leading the backfield. I noticed there's a name missing there. Oh, um, yeah, Henderson, right? And Henderson, yeah, he's already an afterthought. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, last week, he only had three carries, got six yards out of those three carries, uh, which was even worse than what Cam Akers did with 39 yards on 14 carries. Cam Akers, 2.8 yards, 2. yards per carry. Henderson, two. So, Oof. yeah, you know, I think Daryl Henderson – is a third running back on this team. Uh, Malcolm Brown, especially with the performance of Malcolm Brown last week with 79, 79 yards on 18 carries. 
And Malcolm Brown's uh, also a threat uh, out of the backfield, catching three or four targets for 31 yards. And we all know that that Cam Akers is also a threat out of the backfield. So I just don't see any room for Henderson. Uh, it's going to come down to Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers. I, you know, I think you go with the veteran still uh, until, again, week five, week six. And then we'll we'll readjust and see what's going on with these rookies. But up until then, I think it's going to be the veteran over the rookie. Uh, I was actually surprised that Cam Akers got 14 carries. So look, maybe maybe that'll continue. Uh, but it's definitely going to be between Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. And if I had to pick one over the other, I would go with Malcolm Brown. Okay. All right then. So Evan, why don't you talk to me about uh, Jalen Rieger? Woo! Jalen Rieger is going to get better and better. And Miles Sanders is back. Will that take away targets from the red-hot tight end? What's his name again? Dallas Goddard. I can never forget his name because it's going on my wedding invitations. So wondering about that. Don't think it'll take it away, though. As Jeff well, said, and Wally, Wally and Jeff both watched the, the, the game tape, and they both came away with different takes, but both were... Very positive. What did uh, Walid have to say about it? The player skill it was just just popped. Ah, okay. Not not um, conflicting takes, just different looks. At yeah, the same, it was, at you the talked same. about okay. how he was ahead of Ertz in the reads. Yeah, there was a couple times. Mike, did you get a chance to watch that game? No, I didn't. But I'd like oh, to. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there was a there was a it was a, when. When Wentz needed to get a, a pass out, when he needed to get a catch, he was going to Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz's touchdown, I think I mentioned it on the pod. It was a th- either the second or third read on the play. So Ertz went from, you know, the man, he might be taking a backseat role as a breaking break glass in case of emergency sort of situation. Or, to be honest with you guys, there is a possibility that we haven't considered yet because we only get to work one week at a time. What if it's Ertz this week and Goddard takes a backseat? And then what if week three it's Goddard and Ertz takes, takes yeah, a backseat? Yeah, exactly. That, that's kind of what I'm worried about. Gosh, yeah. and then what if Ertz finishes fourth tight end and Goddard finishes fifth? Wouldn't that be insane and unpredictable? <laughs> that would be completely unpredictable. <laughs> well, I mean, if there are certain hot take artists who, you know, just decided to say things. No, I'm just joshing. I'm just I'm just joshing you, Evan. If you guys haven't heard, uh, Dallas Goddard was Evan's tight end five. Um, Zacherts right. is four. Yeah, and Zacherts was his four. So, all right, next game up, Denver at Pittsburgh. Denver 0-1, uh, Pittsburgh 1-0. It's 41.5 point over under. Pittsburgh 7.5 point favorites. And the injury news in this one, Philip Lindsay is out with turf toe. So fire up your um, Melvin yep. Gordons, except... Pittsburgh was the team that held uh, Saquon Barkley to how many yards, Evan? Six. Six yards last week. So that could be a problem. Um, For the uh, Pittsburgh side, um, Benny Snell uh, could force a running back by committee, according to Ed Bouchette. That was on Thursday. And then today, James Conner is back. So that'll be fun. Evan, why don't we talk about Snell? That was your question. Snell and Conner about if Snell can be a bell cow. There's a rumor that uh, Connor left because he threw a tantrum. So that's interesting. But, yeah, Snell, people are counting him as a bell cow. And already uh, it's starting to look like 
he's not even going to be the starter. So uh, make backup plans, people. Uh, yeah. Bell situation. It's not. It's not fun. It's not a Lev Bell situation. I think it's going to be a headache. So, um, all right. So, Mike, in this one, you were looking for, and I'm definitely not stalling because I lost my notes. There it is. Cortland Sutton. Let's talk about Cortland Sutton and and Drew Locke as a top 12 quarterback. And I haven't seen any new news about Cortland Sutton. So, why don't you talk about him while you look that up? I, I think Sutton's is is prime to play, but um. Let's just say that's the case. Uh, you know, I, I'm just not a big fan of Cortland Sutton. I think he's very athletic. He 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 showcases his skill. It's just the production that I just haven't seen from him at all. And a lot of people can say, uh, well, it's a quarterback. Um, he hasn't had a good quarterback. Well, you know, ask Allen Robinson about not having a good quarterback. So, you know, it, it's just one of the things that i think if Cortland sutton can become um what he looks like he he is then i think drew Locke and that denver broncos offense is going to be really really thriving and really humming uh i, I like jerry judy an awful lot if you haven't seen his game watch that game uh, jerry judy is going to be an excellent wide receiver uh i think he he, he reminds me a lot of amari cooper but someone with better hands and probably someone who could even run better routes. So uh, all they need is another wide receiver to be excellent. It's going to be falling to Cortland Sutton. If Cortland Sutton can be excellent, I think Drew Locke can be a top 12 quarterback. Okay. Well, that'd be interesting to see. I would like to see that. I just traded for him in our uh, football absurdity league. So I'd like to see Drew Locke uh, be a top 12 quarterback. Um, real quick before we move on to the next game, speaking of top wide receivers, you call him Bobby Woods. You can call him Bobby Papers. Robert Woods got a four-year extension, $32 million guaranteed, with up to $68 million available from the Rams, who are up against salary cap hell. Salary cap is not real. Sorry, guys. It's like uh, the pirate code, uh, more guidelines than actual rules. So just wanted to pop that in there. That just happened. That just came across uh, the Twitter, the Twitter news wires, the the Bobby Papers situation. So how how do they sign him to such a huge contract when they have like literally no money? uh, This I don't. (laughs) They probably asked the Chiefs how to do it when they had less than two, literally less than two hundred dollars in cap space, and they paid Kelsey, Mahomes, and Jones. So uh, I don't know. Trickery, trickeration is how you do it. Some, or Some. like you said, it doesn't exist. Yeah, salary cap isn't real. Speaking of uh, uh, salary cap isn't real, uh, Carolina Panthers 0-1, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 0-1. Tampa Bay shouldn't have been able to sign Leonard Fournette. That's why I said the cap isn't real. They didn't have the cap space, but now they have it, magically. Um, t- uh, 47.5 point over under, Tampa Bay 9-point favorites. Evan... Is this a great week for DJ Moore since the run could get shut down? Or is it a great week for Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson, who had basically the same number of targets last week? They all had between they all had eight or nine targets last week. Yeah, the only difference is people invested a lot more resources in DJ Moore. So they're hoping he gets better than the four catches or fifty-four yards he got last week. It's important to note that he got nine targets. You know, this they're they're still looking to him. And Tampa Bay is 
Well, Carolina has the best running back in the game. Tampa Bay has the best running defense uh, this year and last year. It's 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 almost a dynasty run-stopping defense. So Carolina should probably look to pass it more. And I'm expecting a bounce back for DJ Moore. And I think that Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel will also have an uptick. So everyone can be happy, except for maybe the CMC owners, but no one's feeling bad for them. No, CMC is going to be a bust. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't, I didn't say that. I just said he's not going to have the best week. Wasn't this the game last year where he didn't flip out? It was a Thursday night game. Uh, yes, Thursday night, yeah. week week two, he uh, people were panicking about him. Um, that was where people were panicking about Chris McCaffrey and Mike Evans in week two of last year. So, um, uh, so yeah, we'll see. Same matchup, different uh, players. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Mike wants to know if the Bucks defense will make Christian McCaffrey look human. Yeah, I mean, after what they did to Alvin Kamara, uh, I mean, we all know that probably Christian McCaffrey is possibly a better running back. He, you know, he definitely is upper echelon, and there's a reason why we pick him over Alvin Kamara every year. But when you're only allowing, you know, 10 yards to to Alvin Kamara, what are they going to do with Christian McCaffrey? I'd allow 15. Uh, so... I mean, you got to play him, but I think it's going to be a really bad week. Christian McCaffrey is going to look human after week two. Okay, yeah, and I mean, it's uh, they have an incredible run defense, so I, I, I tend to agree with you there, Mike. Um, injury news in this one: uh, Chris Godwin is doubtful. Um, he did come back to practice. He's in the concussion protocol. We'll know. Luckily, it's a 10 a.m. game, so you can pivot off of Chris Godwin if you have him anywhere. Um, Scotty Miller is the uh, the big um, pivot there. Um, he had, I think, he had nine targets last week, so he's a good pivot there and might have some value even after uh, Chris Godwin comes back because of those those nine targets. Um, in this one, uh, I just want to say uh, good luck figuring out these tight ends. I have a feeling that Gronk's going to get a touchdown this week. OJ Howard's going to get blanked. It's going to be a problem all year long because it was a problem last year with just two guys, and now they have three of them trying to figure out which one of these tight ends to start. So to Gronk and OJ Howard owners, I wish you a thorough good luck because uh, you're going to need it. So, all right. None of those listen to us. Like you What's said earlier. That? None of those listen to us. Like That's you said earlier, true. if you listen to us, you're not in that category. Yeah, if you listen to us, you would not have this problem. Uh, you would be pulling your hair out about Mike Kosicki, like I am. All right, next game up. Washington football team uh, takes on Arizona football team. For, I'm sorry, they're the Cardinals, not football team. Could you imagine if a team was just named football team? That would be crazy. Uh, 47 and a half point over-unders. Arizona are six and a half point favorites. And Evan wants to know if playing from behind will boost Terry McLaurin against a solid defense. Yeah, I think owners expected a little more than the 61 yards they got from them last week. And this week they're playing Arizona, who's the best team in the NFC and will definitely be up by a few touchdowns so they're going to air it out and i'm hoping to see uh more from the wide receivers more from mclaurin owners okay yeah i think that it's going to be fine um i saw somebody talking about they were worried because um arizona has the number one pass defense you can stop that they have the number one pass defense against trent taylor kendrick Bourne, and dante pettis last week it's one game take a look at who your team played before you start worrying about um the matchup not gonna take my bait huh uh, maybe i missed the bait what was the bait? oh i said i said they're gonna be down 
to Arizona, the best team in the NFC, who's going to be up by a few touchdowns. I, I, I'm I'm not taking bait, Evan. I've I've spent all week <laughs> taking bait. I'm done taking bait. Fair that enough. bait, I'm I'm st- I'm side eyeing that bait. I'm letting another Arizona fish bite it. Cool. I'm letting another fish bite that bait because I'm 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 done with that. <laughs> the Niners, they can't hurt me any more than they already have. So uh, bring it on, bring it on. And so, Mike, you want to know about this uh, the target dispersion dispersal there in in Arizona with uh, DeAndre Hopkins getting 100 million targets last week. Yeah, yeah, he did. He got 16 total targets, uh, which you could definitely translate to 100 million. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and 14 receptions for 151 yards. The second leading receiver for targets was Larry Fitzgerald at five. So, uh, you know, I still believe this offense is going to be a lot more dispersive uh, with our wide receivers. I don't think that it's going to be Hopkins with 16 targets again. Uh, but you know, it is DeAndre Hopkins, so I could be wrong. I, I, but I think that if the our Arizona offense is going to thrive, you need more than just one wide receiver to catch passes. I uh, don't know who it's going to be. Christian Kirk didn't even get a target last week. Uh, so he, I don't even know if Christian Kirk's alive right now. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Um, I like Hopkins, of course, leading the wide receiver crew, but I think we're going to see this be a little bit more flatly even than a complete dominance by one wide receiver. I looked it up actually, Mike. Uh, Christian Kirk passed away earlier this week. He's actually dead. Yeah, I, I will. Think- <laughs> <laughs> uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins stole his targets and his soul. He just just took it, just like Mortal Kombat. Boom. Yep. I think I put that as the worst case scenario for Christian Kirk in the draft kit. Actually, was that DeAndre Hopkins steals his soul. <laughs> and, that, and that happened and yeah and that that's pretty much what happened in week one so um let's go ahead let's go on there's no uh other injury news in that game to report washington arizona everything will be straight up um oh it looks like um antonio gibson's role is going to grow um i'd plug him in to some lineups as a flex this week uh the 49ers beat the uh the cardinals through the air with with running backs and that is um his game. So light him up. If you're not going to light him up now, that is, um, there's no other time to light him up in the near future. And yes, worst case scenario for Christian Kirk. Here we go. Deandre Hopkins takes all his targets and his locker and his girlfriend, his car, his house, and his family. Deandre Hopkins is Christian Kirk now. And Christian Kirk is left to wander the desert with the likes of Kevin white and Laquan Treadwell. That was worst case. That was worst case scenario for Christian Kirk though. So, um, so all right, next game up. KC at the Chargers. Uh, this is an afternoon game, 47.5 point over under. KC, nine point favorites. Uh, big injury news in this one. Mike Pouncey, the center for the Chargers, uh, hit IR. He had a hip surgery and he will be out for the season, um, which really stinks for uh, Josh Kelly, who had a big breakout game last week um, in his first game in the NFL. And uh, let's talk about this run game a little bit more. Evan, you want to know about an Eckler bounce back for fatalistic fantasy forecasters. Oh, off season. People would come in our discord. Oh, Austin Eckler's a bad pick because he's not going to get the lion's share of the carries. Oh, Austin Eckler goes out and gets 19 carries. And these people are coming back going, oh, we only got one target. It's like, come on. 
Calm down. The dude got 19 carries. He's proven he can bell cow, which is the one concern. Just because he happened to have an off game, the dude can run now as well as catch it. People were talking about trading him. It's like you just found out your player has a new superpower, and you're, oh, my goodness. So it's going to be okay. He's going to go off against Kansas City. He's in every game script, potential game script, the Chargers could have for any opponent. Austin Eckler bounced back. Easily puts owners... Owners are going to have to find another, or pardon me, managers are going to have to find another weird picadillo about him to get all verklempt about. Yeah, and um, I looked it up because uh, it got updated this morning. 16 routes last week. He ran 16 routes. He averaged, I think, 18 last year. It's okay, guys. Everything's going to be okay. He had the 10th most routes from from running backs last week. So you can chill out. You can chill out. And uh well, if he doesn't do it against Kansas City, then I'm going to be kind of worried about what he's what he's capable of doing because that, as mentioned, that defense for the Chiefs is horrid. Yeah, well, they made David Johnson look good, and he's burnt toast, right, Mike? Yeah. Uh, Got you there. He, he, David Johnson is not burnt toast, and they did make David Johnson probably look better than what he is. All right. Gotcha. Ah, okay. So you heard it here, folks. Mike thinks David Johnson is bad. Um, my, my only thing about the targets is Anthony Lynn's not stupid. Um, Anthony Lynn's a former running back. He knows what he needs to do to get his best players going. Uh, last year, um, Eckler had two targets. That was his season low. Um, that was against the Raiders in week 10. In week 11, Austin Eckler had 12 targets, eight receptions, and 108 yards because they put him in the slot. They put him out wide. They did more than make him a check down Charlie receiver. So they did a lot with Austin Eckler, and I anticipate that happening this weekend. And I have a lot of tweets to respond to because a lot of people were dancing on my face about Austin Eckler this last week. And all I have to say, we panicked about the wrong running back in the Bengals-Chargers game. Everybody was worried about Austin Eckler, and Joe Mixon kind of whistled past the graveyard. And uh, nobody was super worried about Joe Mixon when Austin Eckler had, if I told you, Hey, uh, this running back had 20 touches this week. Is that is that okay? Is that good or bad? That's good. That's good. What if he did, had 20 touches for 87 yards? Is that good? Uh, 87 total yards? 87 yards. Is that good? I mean, that's okay. That's not great, but that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Joe Mixon had less than that. That was what Austin Eckler had. So everybody was freaking out about about Austin Eckler, and I say freak out about Joe Mixon. So uh, no, I agree with you. I I would have a lot. I, I you should have a lot more concern over Joe Mixon than you do Austin Eckler. There we go. That's all I wanted, Mike. I just wanted you to agree with me. You never agree with me. I just want it to happen. So that's all I wanted hey, from this whole podcast. This whole website endeavor was to have Mike agree with me. So we're shutting it all down. This has been the last episode. Turn off the lights. Turn off the lights when you're on the last one, if you're the last one out. Um, Mike, you want to know about if Demarcus Robinson surpassed Mecole Hardman last week, which I wrote a whole article about. Yeah, um, I didn't read your article, unfortunately, but I should. Um, it probably would give me a lot more information than what I have right now. <laughs> uh, so my belief is, yes, Demarcus Robinson – came forward uh, on Thursday night football with his six targets, three receptions, 20 yards. Okay. That's a lot more than the one, one target uh, six yards that McCall Hardman had. So really what we're looking at is, is uh, five targets, 
five more targets and two more receptions than Demarcus Robinson had over McCall Hardman. And talking about flipping out and getting all excited, everybody was like, oh, my God, McCall Hardman's gone. You know, it's all Demarcus Robinson. It's a great show. Well, you didn't look into the statistics. I... (laughs) Um, I think this is going to be a rotating door. McCall Hardman is going to have, you know, three receptions for 20 yards, and Demarcus Robinson is going to have one reception for six yards. Neither one of these guys matter in, in all honesty in, in fantasy football, even though they have a great offense or be playing on a great offense. The show is between Sammy Watkins and then, of course, the mainstays, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that was pretty much the takeaway from my absur- my absurdity check on it. It was basically, if you're trying to decide between McCole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson, stay with McCole Hardman. He had six top 36 games last year, which is three times as much, three times as many as Demarcus Robinson has had in five seasons. It's going to be a roller coaster no matter who you own. So hang on to the guy who's already shown that he's better than the other guy. Period. That's it. So it's like... Personally, I'm I don't want either one because, like you said, Mike, it's gonna be it's gonna be a roller coaster. Yeah, and you can't really trust either one of those guys. The guys that you can trust, Kelsey and Hill, and maybe Watkins. Now that he's I guess playing sober, he might be better than what he's been outside of that what was a 2016 year that he had for the Buffalo Bills. But uh, yeah, really, other than that, it's it's not gonna matter. Yeah. So, all right. So anything else anybody wants to talk about for Chiefs and Chargers? No. Okay. Baltimore travels to Houston for the last afternoon game. Uh, Baltimore 1-0, Houston 0-1. We all watched them lose on Thursday Night Football to start the season. 51.5 point over under. The Ravens are seven-point favorites. And um, Evan, you want to know if Baltimore's great defense can Baltimore's great defense still get some points? Yeah, I got them in a lot of leagues. You know, it's it's hard to predict defenses, but I figure Houston is is good, but they're kind of, you know, they're kind of gunslingers. They don't run a precise tight offense. They just let Deshaun Watson do do what he can do. So I, I, I'm hoping there's room for some good fantasy production on Houston's offense while still getting me five to ten points on defense, you know? I'm hoping that'll happen. If not, I might have to rethink Baltimore as a sit it, as a set it and forget it defense. I don't want to do that. I don't want to think about defense. I got time. Got time for that. All right. So, uh, Mike, what do you think about that that question? Yeah, you know, I, I, I Baltimore has a, a really great defense. Actually, um, Patrick Queen looks like a total complete stud. He looks so good. They're, they're always good. I mean, I, I can't even remember the last time that the Ravens haven't had a good defense. They 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 move players in and out, C.J. Mosley, whoever, you know, in and out of that defense. But with reason, they, they are always good. So they, you know, hey, if, if you can ship off a great uh, part, that's going to cost you a whole lot of money and you, you have the resources to back that up then you do it and the Ravens every year have been able to do it. Does that help you help you feel a little bit better, Evan? Yes. A lot better actually. Thank you. There you go. There you go. Fantasy therapy. Fantasy therapy. Have, my defense can have a down week without me having to extrapolate it for fourteen more weeks. Evan, 
if you freak out in the first three weeks again, all I'm going to remind you of, Mike, do you remember Evan's complete meltdown about Dak Prescott? <laughs> I don't remember this at all, but it sounds very much like me. So I will accept it as canon. You were trying to rage drop Dak Prescott after oh, like week, week three last year. Didn't he finish like the number two quarterback? Uh, he was up there. Yeah, he was he was depending on scoring. Yeah, you were trying to you were trying to rage drop him and we we're like, dude, chill out. It's going to be OK. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that, but I do remember that in, in sort of the same kind of like way where I remember us going, why are you why are you thinking that? That, that you know, yes, calm, breathe in through the nose, out the mouth. Well, thank you, because that you won me my big money league championship. It was it was because he went week four, zero touchdowns, week six, zero touchdowns. And you were like, if he's just going to score zero touchdowns every other game, what's the point in owning him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it, it's classic me. We're like, there is a chain of logic there. But when you step back, it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Mike, you want to know if this is the J.K. Dobbins show? Scored two touchdowns in his NFL debut. Might be yeah. seeing it from Ingram. Yeah. I mean, last year it was all Ingram getting those touchdowns. Uh, this this time around it was Dobbins. I don't know if they just wanted to see what the, the rookie could do, you know, with the goal line opportunities. He, he did what he needed to do, obviously. Uh, the dispersion, I mean, the, the Ravens ran 30 times, but 24 of those went with Jackson, Ingram, and Dobbins. Uh, Ingram led with 10, and Jackson and Dobbins had seven each. But, you know, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to either be one of those revolving doors where they give Ingram some touches down low, and then, or then they change the following week and give Dobbins, you know, the opportunities down low it's going to drive owners crazy because both of them are, are really good down. I mean, Ingram's a really good down near the goal line. And I guess so is Dobbins. We'll see come this week. If, if it's Dobbins again, throw away Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram becomes useless if, if he doesn't get the goal line carries because a, he's not going to get the attempts B he's not going to get the, the targets out of the backfield and if he's not getting the touchdowns in this great Ravens offense, then he's basically a zero. Wow. All right, then. Basically a zero for a guy who was pretty, I mean, not highly drafted like first three rounds, but still went high in the draft. Yeah, top five, top five pick. I mean, top five picks in the top five rounds. Um, Mark Ingram's was was drafted. So, yeah. Right. So. Well. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, all right. Um, that'll be interesting to see. What's that? I, I own multiple shares of Dobbins. And I threw out Ingram as there as a drain money because I'm never going to own him guy. Yeah, I thought that Mark Ingram was going to lose it to Dobbins, but I didn't think it would be this fast. And, of course, the same thing that I said before. You know, next week we can be talking about how we got too far over our skis with J.K. Dobbins after Mark Ingram runs it runs in two touchdowns and catches a third, and then we look real stupid. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably going to be more because, I mean, they're obviously paying Mark Ingram this kind of money not to sit in the back seat and watch Dobbins score all the touchdowns. So. I do see it's going to be sort of, oh, let's try this and let's try that and that kind of thing more than anything. But still, it's it's still, I think, 
Mark Ingram being drafted in the top five rounds is is not going to show that by the end of the season. He's going to be someone, you know, eighth, ninth rounder to come next year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's go to this next one up. It's Sunday night football, New England at Seattle, 520 start, 45 point over under Seattle, three and a half point favorites. Kind of crazy to see. Uh, whenever I see New England, I think Tom Brady. I'm like, why are they dogs? And it's like, oh, it's Cam Newton. Cam Newton effects. It's not Tom Brady anymore. So um, speaking of which, Evan, you want to know if it's the Cam show there in New England or if that is more a product of the Dolphins' weaknesses? Yeah, Seattle is a much more disciplined team. I don't think we're going to have some of that that Wild West nonsense that Cam pulled on Miami. Uh, if we do, I'm going to definitely turn over. I'm going to definitely form new opinions about Cam you know, but I think this is going to be a business as usual. Seattle clocks New England kind of deal. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lit Russ Cook game. Yeah, where Russ continues to cook. Why do After. people say that? What's that from? Lit Russ Cook? Yeah, is that is that a Pete-ism? That is a uh, Seahawks Twitter-ism, and Seahawks Twitter is insane. So they, they can make memes out of nothing, and they've made lit, lit Russ Cook a meme. Because they right. want rest, they want to let him cook, let him cook up some offense. Let Dalvin that, cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to make a WAP joke, but I can't, I can't get there. Uh, wild ass passing. Does that work? I don't know how he got to this point. I don't know either. <laughs> Mike, pull us out of this. Trust Lockett or Metcalf. So I think. I think one wide receiver is going to have a really good day and one wide receiver is going to have a really bad day. Uh, And that really has to tie into Stefan Gilmore. Uh, So unfortunately, one of these wide receivers is going to draw Gilmore. And I think it's going to be Metcalf. I think they'll probably go with Gilmore is probably going to be on the number one wide receiver. And right now that's listed as Metcalf. So you have Lockett, play Lockett. Uh, of course, you're going to play Metcalf because, I mean, that's what we do with fantasy owners. But brace yourself for a very bad day out of Metcalf. Well, I sure hope so. I'm playing against Metcalf, so I hope for a big, uh, uh, a real bad, a big uh, Tyler Lockett game and a bad uh, DK Metcalf game. Fingers crossed. But Mike, do you think that whatever happens here, do you think that it's indicative of what might be happening going forward, or is it just the Gilmore effect? I think it's just more Gilmore. I mean, the guy just shuts down every wide receiver out there. So it, it's it's definitely just the island of Stephon Gilmore than what we'll see on a routine basis. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So let's go to the last game, Monday Night Football. New Orleans at Vegas, 50-point over-under. New Orleans, six-point favorites. And Evan, it's your squad. Oh, News. Michael Thomas, not going to play. He's expected to miss several weeks. He's got a, um, uh, what the heck, high ankle sprain. Sorry, my brain shut off there. He's he's expected to miss several weeks. I did not see if he was officially ruled out. Let me double check because, you know, this news is developing all the time. Uh, he felt fantastic today, but I don't think he plays this week. Um, but it's Monday night football. So if you do have Michael Thomas, 
pick up Traquan Smith, pick pick up Henry Ruggs, pick up Brian Edwards, um, pick up one of these guys so that you can rotate um, in for uh, for Michael Thomas. That's that's my official uh, advice there with Michael Thomas. So Evan, it's your team. You can go first. Do we start Deontay Harris, which isn't even a name that I said? Is there a Ruggs fantasy breakout? Yeah, what's up? I'm excited for all of the wide receivers in this matchup. I mean, this is this is a tale that's been going on for years where the wide receivers feast in this matchup. These teams have played a lot for being uh, inter across the conferences uh, in the last few years, and it always seems like everyone goes up goes out. Remember when Brandon Cooks caught that 99-yard touchdown in that barn burner on Sunday morning? Uh, go to your setting. If you are looking to replace... If you're looking for a receiver, and who isn't with all the news of the week, uh, go to your settings, especially if you're in a more thin league who doesn't have, like, Corey Davis. Corey Davis is an obvious preference. Go to your league settings and see if you get points for return yardage. If you get points for return yardage, Harris is a better play than Traquan Smith. If not, Traquan Smith is the guy. Don't get me wrong. But Harris gets a bunch. He had, oh, he had 1,000 return yards last year, and he can break one. For you, so there's a nice high floor there. Whereas you never know when you're starting a backup, when you're starting a uh, a wide receiver, exactly what they both got one target. They both had one catch last week, so you know their their floor is still suspiciously shaky. So I just wanted to mention that. See if you uh, because I uh, I picked up I looked at Yahoo and I was like, why does it have a Harris predicted to score like 13 points? Oh, that's right. This is the one league where they give return yardage. So I think he's a great play. I'm starting my rugs wherever I have them because it's just, it's a wide receiver party. Okay. Yeah. And yeah I, remember, I, remember, I remember last year, last year Deontay, Deontay Harris, Harris got the biggest, biggest um, um, praise that I can give an opposing team's player when we were in New Orleans, which is I turned to a guy and said, who's number 11? He was like, Deontay Harris. I said, stop giving him the ball. He's killing us. He was killing the Niners last year. He's got that big play potential. It's definitely a swing from the heel sort of thing. And um, yeah, a lot of return yards. And you think that he could possibly kick a long one, not not kick, but, you know, kick off a long one for a touchdown. Um, so, Mike, let's close this out. What will the Saints offense look like without Michael Thomas? You're in my boat where you don't think he's playing. Yeah, I, I, I really don't think that would be the very smart decision on the Saints to say, okay, yeah, I know you want to play, but, you know, we, we kind of need you healthy for the year. So sort of do what they did with Miles Sanders, okay? You know, it's week one. This is week two. Uh, you know, take take a seat, and, you know, we'll, we'll be better off for it down the long run. Uh, I the, It's going to struggle. I mean, the, this, this offense revolves around one player in the passing game, and that is Michael Thomas. So with not him in the lineup, then you're hoping that Emmanuel Sanders does something or Traquan Smith. Um, and we, we touched on Deontay Harris. I, I think if, if, if anybody's going to probably benefit from the absence of Michael Thomas will be Jared Cook. Uh, he's that short to intermediate tight end guy. I, he had seven targets, five receptions for 80 yards last week. I can definitely see that uptick to maybe 10, 10, 11 targets, uh, which would be phenomenal for a tight end. So if you own Jared Cook, you're definitely going to want to start him. Okay, yeah. Jared Cook, um, my big thing on him was I didn't think he was going to get targets. And with no uh, Michael Thomas, well, guess who's going to get lots of targets? 
Jared Kiek. All right, so that finishes the preview for this week for week two. There was one last bit of news I wanted to make sure this got onto an island. Um, cue the Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, I will remember <laughs> you. CJ Anderson retired. That's all. That was, that, that was my big news. So, all right, before we get out of here, let's talk FanDuel. My big FanDuel... St- Actually, Mike, this is this is your thing. I forgot. This is your baby. So you want to talk about the FanDuel uh, lineups for this week? Or the uh, for last week? For last week, uh, yes. Uh, again, you know, the, the champion is here. The champ is here. Champ is here. That's my favorite part about the NFL being back. Is that commercial. <laughs> I definitely don't hate it and want to scream every time I see it. Yeah, right? Um, and uh, so... I scored 146 points, uh, almost 147. Evan came close second, 142. And then Jeff, I, I don't know, bro. I don't know what's going on, but 122 is not going to cut it ever. I went big. I went big. My Jordan Reed, Jimmy Garoppolo stack didn't come through. It did not come through whatsoever. Uh, so, unfortunately, he took third place. Fortunately, we have Top three. a long hole. Top, Top three, third. baby. Top three, baby. Medal. I'm you on the podium. The you're on the podium, um, and we got a long haul, so you, you definitely have a lot of takeoff room to come back on. All righty. So, um, Mike, why don't you kick us off with your FanDuel lineup um, while I uh, stall and pull mine back up because I accidentally closed it. <laughs> oh, sure. Not a problem. I'm a good staller. Uh, at quarterback, uh, we're going to go with Dak the Attack Prescott. Uh, against that Aladdin defense, he should really okay. ex- um, exploit them. Running backs, we have Derrick Henry uh, against that Jacksonville Jaguars defense. That's just garbage. We saw the Colts run all over them. And speaking of Colts, I have Taylor. He's going to be my second running back uh, against the Vikings defense. That's just pure garbage. Wide receivers, Devontae Adams uh, against Detroit. And then there's a reason why I was hyping Mike, uh, Michael Gallup earlier on the show, because <laughs> he's going to be my combination with Dak the Attack Prescott. Um, and uh, so I have him at wide receiver against Atlanta defense. Hopefully, T.Y. Hilton has a better game than he did against the Jaguars. Uh, against, like I mentioned, the Minnesota defense all around is just horrid. He should have a good game. So I'm going with Taylor and Hilton. As a stack, and then tight end uh, Hayden Hurst. All uh, right. Tough defense, but uh, in that Atlanta offense should uh, give him some plenty of opportunity. My flex play, I mean, you can put almost anybody against this defense, and they should do well on the ground, and that is against Carolina Panthers. I'm going with Ronald Jones. Nice. 5,900, and then with my defense, uh, the Miami Dolphins has really no offense. And the Buffalo Bills have a great defense at 4,900. The Buffalo Bills is my defense. All right. Uh, so, Evan, you want to uh, go ahead and go over this, uh, your uh, your starters. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Who was your first running back? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. King, King Henry. Okay. Sounds good. So, Evan, why don't you go ahead and go over your guys? Okay. I'm going to make a change on the fly here. Uh-oh. Is that allowed? I'm going to upgrade. Oh, God. I don't like my team anymore. Okay. 
Aaron, I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll just own it. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, $7,900. Uh, again, that Detroit's banged up secondary, and Aaron Rodgers is hot. Uh, I, I think Raheem Mostert is going to see a lot of work in the San Francisco Jets game. I think that both teams are just going to want to end the game as quickly as possible with as few plays as possible, and that means running the ball a lot. Uh, J.K. Dobbins for 5700 Someone I don't remember who, but someone said he's going to supplant In- Ingram this week and is a good play. So that's uh, that's there. And then Devontae Adams, complete that. Complete that Rogers to Adams stack that's going there. Calvin Ridley looks like a sweetheart deal at $7,100 in a game against Dallas that could be the highest scoring game of the week. Second highest if the Raiders in New Orleans lights it up. And then Robert Woods is, is great. Just got paid. Always a comfortable $6,700 with uh, for a guy who has wide receiver one potential. Then I had Travis Kelsey for $7,800. And I realized I should go Dallas Goddard, who's just a darling, and is going for $5,500. And I could use that $2,300 to upgrade somewhere, but uh, okay. I'll just, no. I'll, just, I'll just roll. I'll stare into that skid. Um, can't go Goddard in every league. And then I needed a flex play. Uh, I went with Snell. Oh, I already see a place where I could spend that $2,300 extra dollars. Okay. Uh, I, this was before James Conner showed up to practice. And then I had $5,100 left over, so give me the give me the great, greatest defense against the most horrendously coached team, uh, the 49ers, for 5K. All so, right, Rodgers, right. Mostert, Dobbins, Adams, Ridley, Woods, Kelsey, Snell, and San Francisco. Blah. Okay. It's a great – it's a uh, – Evan, um, great minds think alike. I, too, have the Rodgers-Adams stack. I, too, have the 49ers defense. Mike, I, too, have Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Wow. <laughs> but this is where the differences lie. I have Stefan Diggs. That's how I'm getting a part of that um, that horrible Miami defense. I have Hollywood Brown. Um, he went off for a bunch last week, hoping he does that again. I got Will Fuller in my flex. And uh, the reason I could pay for all that was I was going Chris Herndon against the 49ers. Just a nice little floor play, probably going to get me six or seven points because I'm determined to not finish in third place again. If I get second, so be it. But I'm not getting third again. I'm not going out on a ledge. So that's Rodgers, Henry, Taylor, Adams, Hollywood Brown, Stefan Diggs, Chris Herndon, Will Fuller, and the San Francisco 49ers defense. Uh, Mike, we didn't give you a chance to run yours down again. Do you want to do that again? Sure. So... Quarterback, Dak Prescott, running backs, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, wide receivers, Devontae Adams, Michael Gallup, T.Y. Hilton, tight end Hayden Hurst, Flex, Ronald Jones, and defense, the Buffalo Bills. All right. So that will wrap it up for this week's episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Boys. Week two is in the books. Are you ready to do 14 more? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The hard part isn't even done yet of week two. Just all the writing and the talking is done. So The hard part is the two weeks before the season starts for us. That's true. That's very true. Well, maybe for you. <laughs> oh, definitely for me. Yeah. So, all right. So, like I said, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you didn't like what you heard, just subscribe. So, good luck, everybody, in week two. For Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening, and take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.